Welcome to The Torch, a podcast with Brian Gibbs presenting biblical insights and prophetic perspectives for cultural and current events in this hour, contending for personal revival, national awakening, and generational reformation. Produced by Victory, a church of his presence, and Light the Fire Ministries coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. Thank you for joining us. Friends, welcome to The Torch. This is Brian Gibbs. I'm coming to you today from Sarasota, Florida, and I want to thank you for jumping into either the podcast or the video episode. Thank you for being with us, and uh, it's always a privilege to be together. And uh, let's just pray that there would be a mighty impartation of the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. <clears throat> we thank you that you are moving throughout the entire earth you are moving right here in America, and Lord, may our hearts be freshly set ablaze with faith and vision for this hour, God, as we are recapturing this decade. Lord, everything we've been through in 2020, Lord, we thank you. We are coming in to the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit beyond anything we've ever conceptually imagined. Lord, we thank you that you are preparing us for this hour right now. And you will bring reformation to our beloved America in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for all of those that you are raising up to become a mighty voice for you in this hour. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. I want you to say with me this morning or whenever you're jumping into this, perhaps you're up late at night and grabbing the torch, this podcast, God will have America. I want you to say that with me. God will have America. <clears throat> In the next few moments, I just I want to take some time and I want to make a declaration about this new era of life that is coming to America. A new era of life. That is what we are contending for. That is what we are praying for and declaring for our nation at this time. A new era of life has come. You know, years ago, uh, a mentor in my life, he taught my wife and I, he said, what you gain by intercession, you keep by intercession. What you gain or what you access through intercession with the Lord, you keep or maintain the victory or the triumph through the power of intercession. <clears throat> and we understand that this is a time for us to be fervently in prayer burning in prayer, but also in courageous action for your divine assignment right now. God desires you to be a voice, for you to rise up. And as I've said so many times, the kingdom of God has always been meant to shape culture, never to retreat from it. And we are moving forward and advancing into a new era of life that is coming into the Supreme Court right now. And what a strategic time that we are in. We are in a very, very special Kairos moment of time. What we've been contending for for so long and decreeing and declaring that abortion shall be abolished from the United States of America in our lifetime. And this scourging curse that has been on this nation from the shedding of innocent blood will be removed. We're going to move into the greatest hour of awakening, national awakening and generational reformation 
more than we've ever dreamed. It's coming. You know, um, obviously by now, I mean, those of you that are friends of this ministry, you understand uh, the pulse of uh, reforming America, uh, obviously igniting revival and equipping leaders, but also reforming America. You understand our finger on the pulse concerning um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, and that was just a few days ago. And uh, it was the first day of Rosh Hashanah, um, beginning the 10 days of all, which is leading up to Yom Kippur, the Jewish, uh, we've crossed into the, the uh, Jewish New Year, now leading up to the uh, Day of Atonement with Yom Kippur, which is just days away. But with the Supreme Court seat now open, uh, we understand that this announcement from the, the president that's either going to take place this Friday or this Saturday, um, we understand we are at a historic crossroad for the United States of America, and we believe that this is the hour of the tipping point and for the cleansing and for the purging of the Supreme Court that's about to come forth, and a new era is going to be, a new era of life is going to be ushered in for the United States of America. And uh, I... I um, I humbly and properly ask for you to pray for the Ginsburg family. Uh, that family needs the Lord desperately. And I think that I think we all understand, without going into such grave detail, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her, her legacy was extremely dark and extremely demonic. And so I'm going to let my words be few on that, and I want to make sure we focus today. But right now, we've got to continue to fervently pray together in this epic moment for the new era to come forth, this new era of life and for righteousness and justice to now, which is the very foundation of the throne of the Lord, to prevail and to be praying for our president as he is making this decision of a lifetime for this seat of authority. And we've been decreeing, like you, we've been praying the one that God has ordained from the foundations of the world, the one he has ordained for this divine selection for the Supreme Court will be chosen and sat in that seat. And uh, I'm myself, I'm about to uh, be heading back to Washington, D.C. very soon on several key missions and assignments uh, that I've been invited into. I cannot go into detail about that. And uh, many of you know that I was there uh, during the Supreme Court hearings for Brett Kavanaugh, uh, which was which was so the Lord, and had the opportunity to pray and to prophesy over Ashley Kavanaugh, Brett's wife, and minister to her during that time. And so I will be back in Washington, D.C. on a very, very important assignment. I encourage you, please pray for me, pray for our family, for our ministry. And God has summoned many faithful sons and daughters um, into uh, the transformation that is coming and into the reformational work. And it's it's very messy, but it is necessary. Uh, people often romanticize uh, visions of reformation uh, as a movie or some fairy tale, but it is not. It is warfare. And we understand the level of spiritual warfare uh, that goes into us, and we need your prayers. And uh, we appreciate that so very much. I want to read something um, actually out of my, my second book, Bold as Lions, The Future Belongs to the Righteous. And everything okay over there, Josiah? Good. We're just flowing in the studio, making sure everything is good. 
I, I just wanted to bring a quote. <clears throat> I spoke about Fran Francis Asbury, who was um, he was a circuit rider that came to the United States, uh, was part of our uh, founding founding fathers, Christian founding fathers for the gospel throughout the American colonies uh, and for revival. But he carried a mantle and a passion, not only of a revivalist, but a true abolitionist. And uh, one of the haunting questions, really, for our founding fathers that they wrestled over was the issue of slavery. Um, and God raised up Francis Asbury at, truly as a burning prophet of truth and of righteousness and to condemn um, injustice and oppression, the oppression of slavery. And a few actually realized the pivotal role that he played. Francis once met um, with the president of the United States, George Washington, urging him to sign an emancipation for slaves. And his leadership on the slavery issue was instrumental in forming and advancing the what was called the abolitionist movement in the nation. I want you to think about just this thought that God, who is not even limited uh, by time or space, could actually see the brutal, bloody civil war coming in America's near future. And that, that war would actually claim over 600,000 lives and nearly destroyed a brand new emerging, budding nation that we know is our beloved America. The abolitionist prophets um, like Francis Asbury, they were God's uh, mercy strategy. They, they were providing an opportunity by the Spirit of God to really avert uh, bloodshed and disaster. Time and time again, the Holy Spirit has highlighted to me some and to some of my closest ministry friends the unmistakable similarities between how the American church and the nation as a whole has dealt with the slavery of issue and how we are now presently dealing with the issue of abortion. You see, our culture has dehumanized the unborn. That's right. They have dehumanized the unborn. The death culture of abortion um, has become this money-making industry disposing Oh, disposing of more than 60 million human souls and destinies right here in just America alone. We have ignored their silent screams, their torture, the pain of our own children. They've been denied a voice. You need to understand that, my friend. Those of you that are listening out there, they have been denied a voice. America had to come to understand that, that slavery and acts of racism, such as the, the, the deplorable crimes against humanity itself with racism, we had to come to grips and a revelation to truly what this really was. How we ever got to this decision that allows women to take the lives of their own children through abortion, I'll never understand. It is absolutely baffling to me. But I'll tell you, in this new era of life, the blinders, the spirit, we're declaring the spiritual blindness from the God of this age is coming off. And the new era of life is coming to the United States 
of America. I'm telling you, I feel fire in my bones every time I say that. It's just pulsating through the marrow of my bones right now as I declare that. You see, just as slavery, I'm still reading here out of Bold as Lions, just as, and if you haven't gotten this, pick it up, Amazon.com. Get it. I'm telling you, thousands of readers have been impacted, and more and more books are flying off the shelves and through Amazon right now. God is raising it, this book up again. In the last two years, it's gone everywhere. But I wrote here, just as slavery had to be condemned and banished, there must be a moral outcry against inhumane and the repulsive murder of innocent children. And let me go on the record here. My prayer that is, that is in our lifetime, we will see abortion abolished and the curse of innocent bloodshed removed from our nation. And I further believe that this will be the tipping point that will become a catalyst for national reformation. The measure and the impact of Francis Asbury's life as a revivalist and an abolitionist will never be fully realized until the light of eternity. We owe a great debt to this pioneer, and his legacy has deeply impacted me and calls out to our generation afresh. And I believe with all my heart we are entering into the third great awakening. And I believe, hear this, I believe God desires to raise up more modern-day revivalists, voices for God, and abolitionists who will burn with the same fervor and conviction as Francis Asbury. Again, we are coming in, I'm declaring, we are coming into this new era of life right now in the United States of America. It has been a brutal warfare but the victory is coming and the flags of triumph are being lifted from coast to coast. We're going to see this. I grabbed this uh, for, for the torch this morning as we were in preparation, but I, I wrote this entry into my prayer journal uh, several months ago. I was out doing a prayer walk around our city, and I was actually standing out in front of our um, Planned Parenthood that is here locally in Sarasota, Florida. And I'm believing we're going to see the days of that closing forever. But I wrote this, um, this entry into my prayer journal several months ago, and I entitled this Innocent Blood. And this is what I wrote. The waves crash and beat along the shores. The stars twinkle in their, mid in their midnight space. The city lights sparkle like glowing gems. The ocean breeze blows through the majestic palms. The sun will rise soon to light up the streets of paradise. The place that I call home on this spinning ball. But all is not beautiful in this seaside haven. A silent scream moves coarse in the winds. A sinister and haunting sound at decibels of death. It screeches and it scratches like a deep needle pressed across a vinyl. The unborn will perish again today in the city of paradise. Bodies will lie down on the cold altar of the bloodthirsty. The barbarians will take their cruel savagery. 
A generation demands their vulgar self-indulgence as rights, and the unborn now dehumanize. The curse of innocent blood pierces the atmosphere like lightning ripping open the darkness of night. I hear the sound of anguished souls high above these crashing waves. This suffering and madness must end. And I lift my hands to heaven and I lift my voice into the sky like a trumpet, a prayer, a cry, a roar of hope and deliverance for the unborn sons and daughters. How long, O Lord, how long? O Father, forgive us, for we know not what we do. I want to make a statement today. I'm not here to be provocative. I'm here to bring the truth and to be a watchman and to be a messenger to you today. Sometimes our love for God is manifested by what we hate. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes our love for God is manifested by what we hate. Now, that, that is not meant to be a provocative statement, but it's the real truth, and it's actually biblical truth. And I want you to read along with me. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, it says that Jesus loved righteousness and he hated lawlessness. And because of it, God anointed him with the oil of gladness beyond all others. Listen to that again. Jesus loved righteousness, but he hated lawlessness. And because of it, God anointed him with the oil of gladness beyond all others. In Proverbs chapter 8, in verse 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Maybe you need to open your scriptures and you need to highlight that. You need to underscore that today. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way of the perverse mouth. God says, I hate. I want you to let that sink in, dear friends that are listening out there. It goes on. It says to hate evil and to hate pride and arrogance and evil behavior and perverse speech. I'm going to read to you now out of uh, Proverbs chapter 6. I'm reading out of the New King James translation. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. It says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies. God says, I hate this. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. I'm focusing today again on the new era of life that is coming to America. Notice what God says he hates. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. Over 60 million precious babies, destinies, lives gone, gone. Now, let me be clear. You know, we, we, when we speak of abortion, we love people. We're not against people. I pastor women 
And I have pastored women for many, many years. My wife and I have been in full-time ministry together 25 years, more than 25 years now. I pastor many women who have been through the agony and the pain of abortion. And the Lord Jesus has forgiven them. They didn't know the Lord. They made these decisions. They since came to the Lord. And they have been redeemed. And the blood of Jesus has washed that sin and cleansed them from the shame and the condemnation of what that is. The Lord has cleansed them. There isn't anything that the Lord cannot forgive, folks. When, when we truly come to Him and we repent of our sins, no matter what it is, who, whoever you are out there listening, whatever you've been engaged in, whatever level of immorality, sexual sins, homo, homosexuality, perversion, pornography, murder, what, whatever it is, the Lord Jesus Christ can cleanse you and wash you of your sins and the shame and the condemnation that comes with that. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ can come into your life Whoever you are out there listening, if you're listening, you've had an abortion. You need to know that the Lord does not want to condemn you to the fires of hell. The Lord wants to wash you and cleanse you of that sin. If you would only come to him and ask for repentance and ask for his mercy and grace and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you and will forgive you of all unrighteousness. Man, that is the good news. That is the gospel. But I want to say again, we, we do not hate people, folks. We hate evil. And we hate the willful compliance that people have to partner with wicked, corrupting spirits. And you make no mistake about it, folks. In this, in this last day, Jesus is building a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And they will confront the workers of the enemy the workers of the devil, and they will confront it with authority and power to back it up. We've got to wake up in this hour. There is so much passivity in our church culture in this hour. I mean, it's beyond pitiful, but there is a remnant that is burning. Voices that are rising up, calling a nation to righteousness, to denounce lawlessness. Remember, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all, because he hated lawlessness, but he loved righteousness. And my friend, whoever you are out there, I, I'm just, I am calling out to you, do not be conformed to the spirit of this age and this hour. Until we begin to love righteousness and hate lawlessness, we will never, never step forward into the divine confrontation against evil. That God is calling us to the front lines. Again, this is no time to retreat, folks. The kingdom of God was always meant to shape culture, never to run away and retreat from it. Until we begin to hate, hate, sin, destroying souls that are perishing, we're not going to get on our knees and cry out to God, nor will we even stand boldly to proclaim the gospel. We've got to hate the power of sin, how it's destroying the lives of our children and our children's children and even amongst us in the fire of this generation. 
Until we begin to hate sickness and disease. I've said this before, but it's worth saying again. Until we begin to hate sickness and disease, robbing and destroying people's lives, we're not going to cry out for God to use us in healing in the realms of a ministry of miracles. We've absolutely got to hate sickness and disease and what it's doing, destroying lives. Jesus came and gave himself as an ultimate sacrifice through the atonement and the blood of his cross and his resurrection so that we would have power over sickness and disease and that we could break prisoners free from the captivity of sickness and disease in this hour. But we've got to hate it. We've got to hate the power of sin. We've got to hate the power of disease in this hour and sickness that Jesus fully triumphed over in his cross. I'll tell you what, until we begin to hate poverty and lack, we will never cry out for God to use us to break people free into abundance and favor and prosperity. You've got a hunger for it. You've got to long for it. I'm telling you, I pray over our ministry all the time that we break through in such a realm of abundance in the kingdom and favor with God that we're able to destroy the shackles of the spirit of poverty and lack off of people, off of their mindset, over the generational curse of poverty in their life. It's needed in this hour. And I'll go a step further. Frankly, folks, until we begin to hate the sin that's in our own lives, we're just going to go on tolerating it. You have got to deal with sin. You can't be, listen, you cannot be passive with the enemy. You've got to aggressively go at him with the blood of Jesus, with the name of Jesus burning in your heart and upon your lips, and you've got to deal with the devil. Uh, just the other night, we were sharing about things that we've learned over 25 years of ministry. And I will tell you eye to eye, if you're watching this, folks, or if you're listening by podcast today, you've got to deal with the devil. You have been given authority. You could have everybody in the world lay hands on you until you go bald. You need to rise up in the authority that Jesus has given you. The Spirit of God lives within you. And don't you tolerate the devil in your life. You've got to get aggressive with the enemy. You don't allow him in your home. You don't allow him in your children. You take authority in your home and in your life. And I'll go beyond that. We have, listen, we have to take ownership in our sphere of authority in our own cities, in our own region, and in our nation. That's why we're not tolerating this spirit of Antichrist that's trying to take over the United States right now. It is time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that Jesus is building. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that he's building. This is our hour, folks. And I'll tell you again, we are in such a window of mercy and, and reprieve because God has raised up. You may not like to hear it, but you need to hear this. By the Spirit of God, God raised up our president, Pres President Donald John Trump, for this hour to give the church a window to get ourselves together to understand the hour that we are going into. And it is a fierce battle that we must win and triumph over all the works of the devil. In Jesus' name. 
I want to go to the very front of this train again. I want to make a declaration. We are entering into a new era of life for the United States of America and for God to cleanse and purge the Supreme Court of the United States of America and for God to put in God-fearing, God-honoring men and women in the Supreme Court to legislate righteousness, what is an agreement, in agreement with the word of the Lord. I had somebody tell me one time, you can't legislate righteousness. I said, you could not be more wrong. You Listen, you could not be more wrong to say that we can't legislate righteousness. Because we're legislating unrighteousness right now that is burning the very core and the fabric of our pillars and our foundations right now. Give me a break. I'll tell you what, people got to get better informed. If we have men and women of God sitting in the high places of authority, we can legislate the word of God. Why do you think our nation was blessed in the first place? What do you think is holding up the very pillars of the United States of America right now? Men and women of God, founding fathers, legislated righteousness, built the whole core of who we are through the sacred scriptures of the word of God. All right, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> you are on the torch. You're not on chicken noodle soup for the soul. All right, folks, God is going to have America. Hallelujah. And we decree it. Father, every friend that has been tuning in with us today, every new friend that is finding the broadcast here for the torch, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless you and I strengthen you in your journey. I strengthen your faith today. Do not lose hope. I rebuke every spirit of hopelessness off of your life. I declare the Lord is Jehovah Jireh over your life. That means he is the Lord, your great provider. The Lord is going to meet every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Jesus name, we rebuke every bit of lack. And Lord, we're calling forth an ultimate comeback for the United States of America in this hour. And God, we are reclaiming this decade in Jesus' name, for the roaring lions. Hallelujah. Lord, let your voices arise. Let your men and women, let your sons and daughters arise. Let your champions arise in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, I want to encourage you, you can go to Amazon.com. You can get my first book, Unstoppable and Unquenchable Fire. When the burning heart of God ignites a life, invades our cities, and recaptures a nation. This one is forwarded by Dutch Sheets, our dear friend, a great apostle to America. Love Dutch so much. So thankful for his ministry. Again, you can get uh, Bold as Lions, The Future Belongs to the Righteous, Amazon.com. Get those right away. Our, my third book is coming out soon. Uh, my fourth book is coming out soon. Uh, we're believing to release these uh, by the end of the year having these into your hands. Again, those of you that want to connect with our ministry, you can download our brand new app, victoryfla.com, victoryfla.com. That's our website. The, the app is Victory FLA. 
You can find that on um, iTunes, Google Play, Roku, um, other platforms. Josiah, what did I miss there? Yeah, Amazon. Thank you. So, listen, we're here to be a blessing to you, strengthen you in this hour, and may the torch in you continue to burn. Remember this, too. I like to say this. The future does not belong to the God, God mockers or to the God haters. The future belongs to the righteous. And God's righteous, they are bold as lions. Listen, be blessed and keep the fire burning. We'll see you soon. Thank you.